Why do we sin? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 28 of Tractate Nadarim. And we learn that you only sin because you've temporarily lost your focus. That's called compartmentalization. Welcome to the Transformative Daf, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. The Yiddah Kaddish, Rabbi Yaakov Yitzchak of Pshischa, once called upon his student, Rabbi Simcha Bunim, and instructed him to take some of the Hasidim on a journey. No destination was specified, but off they went, no questions asked. On the way, they found lodging at a certain inn, and notwithstanding the from appearance of the innkeepers, they were concerned about kashrus issues and ordered a dairy meal. I'm sorry, said the innkeeper, tonight's menu was fleshig. I have no dairy to serve you. They proceeded to pound him with all manner of question regarding the shechita, salting, and the source of the food until they finally acquiesced to the meal. Over the course of the meal, their conversation turned to some of the local gossip. Overhearing their conversation, the innkeeper's wife passed by and muttered to herself, Interesting how some people are so careful about what goes into their mouths, but not nearly as careful about what comes out of their mouths. When Reb Simchabodim heard these words, he jumped up and exclaimed, What pearls of wisdom! That's why the Rebbe sent us on this mission. Let's look at today's Gemara. One may swear to murderers, plunderers, or oppressive tax collectors that his produce is truma, even though it is not really separated priestly gifts, or that it is part of the royal estate, even if it does not belong to the king. Beishamai says that one may utilize any vow except a biblical oath. Basilo says that one may even employ a biblical oath. Says the Rosh, even though these intruders kill and rob, they would not eat forbidden food. Let's analyze the Gemara. Swearing falsely is an egregious sin. However, in certain dire situations, one may tell a lie even with the power of an oath. In this scenario, robbers are plundering the individual's possessions, and in an effort to try to salvage his possessions, he tells a white lie. The food has been designated as truma, the priestly gifts, he says. You're welcome to take it, but I just wanted to warn you that it's forbidden produce, unless you're a Cohen, that is. And sure enough, the robbers walk away knowing that the food is off-limits, essentially non-kosher to them as regular Israelites. But why would a murderer care whether the food was kosher? If he's prepared to murder, plunder, and steal, it stands to reason that he's not particularly from, right? How would it help him to swear that the food is forbidden? The answer is that nobody thinks of himself as a murderer. When a person commits even the most heinous of crimes, somehow he justifies the act in his own mind. To his own conscience, he's a good Jew, far be it from him to eat the priestly gift. For whatever reason, he needed to take a life, but he somehow compartmentalizes away the violence and bloodshed and convinces himself that he's still a committed Jew. During the Prohibition era in America, Unfortunately, a few Jews were also involved in the bootlegging business. These were gangsters in the classic sense of the word, and the FBI was having a hard time finding them. Finally, they came up with a perfect plan. Catch them during Yom Kippur services. After all, they might have been gangsters, but which Jew doesn't show up to shul on the holiest day of the year? The federal agents dressed in Hasidic garb and sat themselves in the back of the shul in Chicago. When it came time for the break, they exited the building and waited for the gangsters to, to step outside. Meanwhile, they lit up a cigarette. And of course, everyone around realized that they weren't really Hasidic Jews. The gangsters found out and slipped out a side door. 
Now, while it might not surprise you that these gangsters went to shul on Yom Kippur, a small detail about the way they operated will demonstrate the way some people's twisted minds work. One of them was a notorious killer, but at the same time he considered himself an observant Jew, and so, barring exceptional circumstances, he refused to take a hit job from sundown on Friday until nightfall on Saturday. Thus, the case of Alkamara is not as far-fetched as you might think. The Yetzirah, the Satan, has an uncanny way of compartmentalizing a person's behavior. Obviously, the case of murder is an extreme example of this justification, rationalization, and compartmentalization. But every human being is guilty of it on some level. Our sages teach that a person does not sin unless a spirit of folly enters his heart. From a logical perspective, the same way that we would never dream of eating on Yom Kippur, we should never entertain the thought of acting contrary to God's will in any area of our lives. But that spirit of folly confuses us and allows us to construct a fictitious distinction between eating on Yom Kippur and, say, talking during davening, to use an extreme example. Really, both are inconsistent with the divine will. Are you careful about the minutiae of the kosher laws, but less cautious with regards to guarding your tongue or guarding your eyes? Do you have kavana for each word of davening, but then easily get angry at people? Are you committed to giving 10% or more to tzedakah, but less precise when it comes to your taxes and business dealings? It's human nature to compartmentalize. That's how we're able to live with our imperfections. Nevertheless, as a child of the Almighty, you have the power and duty to think and act beyond natural instincts. May you forever strive to live a consistent and wholesome life, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something the transformative duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, the Transformative Daf.